Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Happy Hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. It is a wonderful and grand and glorious Friday in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we'll spend the next two hours here on the show engaged in what you've come to expect from the Patrick Lally Show, and that is energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. Today we're going to hit music and entertainment, which I love, science and nature, which I also love. So it's going to be a good day, a good Friday, good way to end up the week here, and the sun's come out and it uh, feels pretty good out there. I hope you're outside enjoying it to the degree that you can. You know, you got to take advantage when you can. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio. He's here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather, as you heard at the top of the hour. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Dan and I appreciate it very much. Whether that's through your radio, maybe tooling around town, splashing through some melting snow, taking in some sunshine out on a job site somewhere, or streaming through KSO.com, or the new KSO mobile app. Don't forget the mobile app. KSO specific, just go on your app store of choice, search for KSOO, and you'll find it there. It gives you one-touch streaming of this fine program and other shows on KSO, including, of course, the Main Street Cafe from 5 to 8 a.m. with our friends Chad and Beth. Remember, you can always follow us on Facebook Live and chat with us there in real time or on our Twitter account, P. Lally Show, P. Lally Show. We love to hear from you, as always. Uh, you know, I should mention, too, with this warm weather, remind you that this is the home of the Minnesota Twins uh, in the Sioux Empire, and you're going to want to tune in for that when it comes time. It's just around the corner. In fact, it's just later this month. Like the, the, the opener is in Baltimore on the 30th, I believe, March 30th, right in there. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, we always have to open in Baltimore for some reason, seems like. Then a game, a couple games in Pittsburgh. Then we come home, big home opener up in Target Field in uh, it's early April there against the Mariners, your Seattle Mariners. So looking forward to baseball season. Uh, I've been telling you good people for all week about uh, the big South Dakota business leaders have talent uh, event and exposition that uh, it occurred last night. And I got to tell you, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you people. Uh, My act was Tuba and Tuba Stories, which, as it turns out, is more story than tuba. I didn't actually play that much, Dan. How did they mic you up for that deal with the tuba and everything? Tuba don't need no mic. <laughs> yeah, but but if you're telling stories though, how do you how they mic you? Did, did, oh, did I had they a, have to mic you up? Uh, no, I w- it would have been nice to have like a, a lavier mic, you know, one of those that pin on deals that they use that sure. the kids use these days. Yeah, but I just had a handheld, oh, you know, a wireless, and I just held it like up here. Well, you can't see that on the radio. I held it and then I held onto the tuba with my left hand, and uh, yeah, it was good. I had fun. It was really awesome. There was a nice crowd there. A lot of people I knew. Um, pe- several of people who have been guests on this program. But it was fun. I didn't know everybody uh, that was playing, but I knew a few of them. Tom Dempster was there, and he had a he had this really cool uh, five-minute version of a 28-minute uh, documentary, essentially, that he has done about his travel to his grandfather's birthplace way up north in Norway. And that was that was pretty cool. And then uh, Ken Hoyne, I think it's Hoyne, Hoyne. Uh, he's an old USD guy from before my time. Just we almost overlapped. He was a he's a trombone player, and he he's really good. And he played uh, he plays a lot. He's in Arlie's All Stars and things like that. And in fact, I saw Arlie Brendy last night, famed Sioux Falls attorney Arlie Brendy, attorney to the stars. Uh, you know, Randall Back, John uh, Jack Marsh were there. So I there were a lot of people there I knew. Uh, my high school classmate, Beth Jamison, was one of the presenters. She talked about why she loves Sioux Falls. It was great. Uh, of course, Greg Jamison, mayoral candidate, came in late, but he was there to support his lovely wife in her adventure. So it was really, it was a good time. Uh, but I was nervous. It's been a long time since I've had to actually stand up in front of a crowd like that, solo. <laughs> you know, I had concerns 
about the actual playing of uh, of, of music. And it, to be honest, this was basically like uh, uh, my brother was there and he called it prop comedy, sort of like Carrot Top or Gallagher. Only my prop was a tuba because I was, you know, I didn't, I'm not, I, I'm not as proficient as maybe I once was. And so that was my shtick. You know, I'm just talking about the tuba and telling tuba stories uh, from, you know, of lore from the past and the entire time. But I, but then never actually play. That was sort of going to be my deal. But at the end, I had sort of teased them with playing Beer Barrel Polka because we used to play that in the, uh, in the band, in the tuba section down there at USD when I was a lad. And they seemed kind of excited about that, and I felt kind of bad that I hadn't played. So I actually did play Beer Barrel Polka, Roll Out the Barrel, you know, on the way out. That was my exit. And then I'm off. I made a grand exit. Then tuba don't need no microphone tuba for that. Tuba don't need no mic. <laughs> tuba fills the room, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so that was fun, and I... I uh, I can't say it was a perfect rendition of Beer Barrel Polka, but uh, I played it all the way through. <laughs> and so there's victory in that. In in my uh, uh, our brass in the brass holes, you know, our little combo with the Boon Man and I and some other folks. If you end, if everybody ends at the same time, that's considered a song well played. So I I applied that standard, and I I I think that's going to be there. It is. That's the one, man. People were clapping. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'll have to, maybe I should bring in the tuba. You think I should do that? Rip through some beer barrel polka? Hmm. We'll have to think about that. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, I, I would I'm, definitely think about that. I'm yeah. sensing some skepticism. Maybe I could record it. That might be a little bit better. Yeah, and then we could and then we could use it for bumper music. Oh boy. Now we're talking. Yeah, I think I think okay, now we found the combination. All right, I'll work on that this weekend. I'll lay down a track. And uh actually maybe I'll have to I should have probably come into the studio to lay it down though. Uh, for a high quality sound. Yes, that's that would be for sure. Because you have to be able to capture the resonance. You know what I mean? If you're going to be playing tuba, you want it to resonate. So I'll try that. I'll let you know on Monday. I'll maybe pop in here over the weekend and lay that down and let you know. Okay. <laughs> we'll get the sneak preview come Monday. You're pretty excited, I can tell. Uh, the other thing is I do still need money. If you still want to contribute, I didn't quite make the goal. Uh, I have to... Uh, thank my uh, Don Jacobs, our boss, our big boss here at Results Radio, and my colleagues here, including Dan Peters, who dropped in a, a twenty, which was nice of you. And for but uh, Don and my colleagues here supported me in this, and that really means a lot for me to be able to spread the word of music education. This was a fundraiser for the South Dakota Symphony's education programs, and it was awesome. And even my small contribution here, uh, it, it, I I appreciate everything people did for me. Um, but if you still want to contribute, you can do that. You can just email me. I'll give you the stuff. Or you can go to Twitter and find at the P. Lally Show and find the link. Or you can just Google it. All right. South Dakota business leaders have talent. You'll find it. Drop downs. Please, people, I'm begging you. I, I'm begging you to help me out here. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Speaking of music, our guests are Andrew Reinertz and Joel Shotwell. They are with the JAS Quintet, which is what I consider the preeminent jazz outfit in our city. They're going to be here to talk about a record they released last year uh, by Different Folk Records, which is the local label, and other stuff. We'll play some jazz for you, some smooth, cool jazz. Uh, the Buffalo Maiden will check in from the Black Hills Bureau for Weird Friends. She's actually in another part of the Black Hills. So we're going to get uh, an update from the Northern Hills. So that's good. Uh, Thea Miller-Ryan of the Outdoor Campus will be in for her weekly visit, and we're going to talk about uh, aquatic invasive species. What could be better than that? And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, notes from the legislature. Notes from the legislature. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Everybody wants to live 
Uh, that's the Bodines, and that means it's time for the PL statement for today. And we're going to take just a couple of, we're going to take a look at some things that are going on in the legislature uh, as we get down tomorrow, or today. Today, my friends, is the last day of your South Dakota legislature, so we won't have them to kick around anymore. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're good people. But so today's the last day, and there's just a couple things that are going on that I thought I'd keep you up to date on that we've talked about in the past. So they're gonna we're gonna vote on this changes to Marcy's law. You remember that constitutional amendment? And so uh, we got the uh, Mark Mickelson, who doesn't like the Marcy's law, got those folks on board, and they agreed to some changes. And uh, for some reason, though, we got to vote on this. I mean, I knew we were gonna have to vote on it because constitutional amendment. Uh, but we're gonna vote on it in June during the primary, which I don't like. I don't understand why we've done that. There's no good reason for this. And it's going to cost us $200,000. And I'm still not clear why we need to do it in June and not on the general with everything else. It was approved on a general election. It should be reviewed and it should be refined in a general election. It's not parallel, okay? And it smells like some sort of election engineering going on to put it in June. But I I don't know. I, I don't get it. There's no point. No point. Uh, so uh, also... A uh, uh, the some South Dakota lawmakers, the Joint Legislative Procedure Committee, uh, voted unanimously to expand their rules barring harassment or offensive behavior to include electronic communication and social media. That's from uh, the Argus Leader today. And uh, Mark Mickelson, of course, House Speaker, who we talk about a lot, he brought this rule change and said it was aimed at preventing legislators from sharing offensive messages. Um, it would also apply to messages sent to individuals who blocked the sender on social media sites. Uh, but this is what's weird. Mickelson said the measure wasn't aimed at any situation in particular, but to prevent problems in the future. This isn't meant to limit what constituents harassment or offensive behavior, but it says, listen, this kind of stuff very well could be offensive. So don't do it. Mickelson told the panel. I, what? <laughs> he says it's not aimed at anything in particular. What? So then what? This is one of the most bizarre things I've seen this year out of the legislature. What's an offensive tweet or a Facebook post? To who? To Mark Mickelson? What about the president's tweets? Is he offended by those? Because, I, you know, they're attacked. They attack people. Um, is he talking about Linda Santos uh, sharing of the all lives splatter meme? I would think that's probably it, but he's saying no. And, of course, we know that perhaps Mr. Mickelson and Ms. DeSanto don't get along that well. Uh, I would say this is probably aimed at her, but he's saying no. No, 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 no. It's just, just, we, just we, we just want to be able to say to people, don't do that. Okay, whatever. It's a limit on free speech. You want to be offensive? You get to be offensive. Teacher pay is apparently going to go up 1%. Uh, that you know the budget's not done yet, but uh, there's some indications it's going to go up one percent, which is as I've said before, we're a couple of years after we raised the sales tax half a cent, uh, and and passed a law that that said that teachers get either three percent or inflation, whichever is more. Right? Remember that? Remember that kerfuffle? Big blue ribbon task force. Boom. Two years later, boom, gone. Uh, we're still last in the country in teacher salary. By the way, we didn't do away with that. We just narrowed the gap a little bit. But now we're going to start going backwards. So, so much for that. We'll have that. We'll be back into a teacher crisis here very soon. State employees apparently will get a 1.5% raise, uh, something in that level. And there's some changes to the the way it works. But I I, I don't know all the details on that yet. But, you know, they needed to raise state salaries too because they can't keep whacking raises for the employees and hope to keep any of them, Um, especially anything that's in a professional sort of position. Uh, this probably isn't going to be enough, but there's no way it could be zero again and not start to suffer some consequences in terms of our ability to keep these folks around. Um, you know, you know, you're going to make less working for in the public sector. There's benefits to being in the public sector. Okay, I you know, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be a parity with the private sector. But you, you can't get so far behind that you just can't hire people, and that's the issue there. Uh, and then this one, so committee restores ballot access measure for third parties. Uh, this is the result of a lawsuit by, uh, parties like libertarians and the constitution party. Um, because it, the, the, the 
the way you get and maintain your party status in this state is very uh, uh, burdensome. And, you know, it they had changed the filing deadlines and all kinds of different stuff. And uh, the I believe it was the Libertarians took them to court and the Constitution Party at, in federal court and got a favorable ruling from Judge Pearsall, Judge Larry Pearsall on the, on the federal court bench. And uh, he said, Dah, you, you can't, you can't, you got this. You're making it too hard for people to form parties. Well, so the uh, they they had agreed to do some changes. The legislature sent it through, and but they changed it all. And the the uh, libertarian said, "No, you can't. That's not going to satisfy what the judge says. That you need to do to satisfy this." Okay, that's the that's the shortest hand version of this that, that I can do. Well, which is not that important, but. The thing that's interesting to me here is this is how pol- political parties maintain their grip on the public square, people. People may bemoan the interference of the judiciary in these situations, but it's the only way that anything ever changes because when the, when the rules of the game are in the hands of the people in power, they're going to write the rules to uh, benefit themselves. It's been way too hard for minority parties to enter the debate in this state, and that's just simply anti-democratic. This is a small case. Uh, you know what's much worse? Redistricting. And it's time that the lines of legislative districts be redrawn by an independent panel so that they are a fair and adequate representation of the populace, not what we have now. It doesn't matter what party you're in, you should be for that. Anyway, that's just a little bit of what's going on in the legislature, and that is the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me, of course, and I like that. Send me an email, patrick at ksoa.com, or follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show and chat with us there. Always fun. Uh, coming up next on the program, after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's the Buffalo Maiden checking in from the Black Hills. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's that time of the week. It's the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show, which means the Buffalo Maiden. I was born in the Dublin street where the loyal runs do be. And the loving English people walked all over us. And every single night when the would come home tight, he'd invite the neighbors out with his chorus. Come out, you black and tans, come out and fight me like a man. Show your wife how you won medals down in Flanders. Tell her how the IRA made you run like hell away from the green and lovely lakes of Gilishandra. Oh, Buffalo Maiden, I can't, I can't help it. I'm, I'm fully in the spirit. You're cutting into my time, man. I, You're cutting I, into my time. You got all the time in the world. Here, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Are, hey, are you are you coming back for St. Patrick's Day? You're gonna you decided maybe you're gonna come across the state for the the greatest St. Patrick's Day celebration in the Upper Midwest outside of St. Paul. For the first time that it's actually on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's, it's gonna like, be awesome. It's not the Saturday before, like you know, we can celebrate Christmas the Saturday before Christmas. Yeah, the no, 25th. It's, it's gonna be great. I would, but you know what? I'm at the Knuckle uh, Brewing Company, and they are having their first ever uh, St. Patrick's Day beer pong tournament. So um, <laughs> I, I got to sign up. So <laughs> you better get out here. That would be awesome. It's gonna be really fun. You know, if the Brass Holes didn't have the uh, traditional, you know, we used to play. Uh, the Brass Holes used to play their traditional St. Patrick's Day gig at your restaurant, I know. Wild Sage that Grill. Was fun too. N- yeah. Now we're homeless. You are homeless. You're you're a band without a home. Right? We are, and so we're just going to wander around downtown and try and scare people. You know, it's supposed. To, well, we're. It's beautiful here. It's like sixty degrees, oh. total sun, um, just fabulous. I, I've been making my rounds to the up uh, the northern hills, and it's just uh, it's fabulous. Yeah, so you're on your hiatus. You've got the Sage Creek Grill uh, in uh, uh, Custer shut down for a couple of weeks just to sort of get, take a breather, oh. right? Well, and to install a uh, uh, fire sprinkler system throughout the whole building. So that's, I had Ooh. to get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see why. So you're hanging out in the Northern Hills. Where are you? Uh, well, well, currently I'm at the Knuckle, but I was up in Spearfish, and um, they have a brand new brewing company. Really? 
It's called the Spearfish Brewing Company, and um, I gotta say, they got it going on. They, it's a, it's right downtown. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, I, Spearfish at all. I am. I was just there over uh, New Year's Day on my skiing trip. Oh, that's right. So it's right across from the uh, the stadium bar, right downtown, a new building where they have like garage doors that they can lift up, you know, and have open air, which they can do because it's sixty degrees. Yeah. Um, small, not very, uh, not you know huge by any means, but uh, they, they got it going on. They had about nine of their own beers on tap, it really? looked like. Yeah, I didn't sample. Well, Custer oh, is clearly my favorite town in the hills, it, by bar none. But Spearfish is my favorite town in the northern hills. I know. You know, I kept thinking, why don't I live up in Spearfish? But then I started, you know, spent a little more time there, and I realized the thing that they have in Spearfish that's hands down the coolest, uh, attraction in the in, in the state of South Dakota hmm. is the fish hatchery, the DC oh, fish hatchery. That is cool. It's so awesome. It's so well done, and it's open year round. And it's free, except for the quarters where you get the food to feed the fish. Um, yeah, I've been in there. Are, it's fun. They are being well fed because there are some big fish <laughs> in those ponds, and those fish get grown up and dispersed like everywhere right isn't that how that works yeah yep yes yes it is yeah it's an active uh fish hatchery uh but it's just so beautiful and and so well done and so even today it was so active um lots of people out and about i mean they've got their park system figured out they've got their downtown figured out and it's a happening little little city yeah you know i stayed at the uh was it bell's motor lodge something like that you know, and it thirty eight thirty eight dollars a night, something like that, and it you know it's a little motel roadside deal, but it was awesome. That is the funniest thing because that's the one thing they don't have going. I mean, they do have going. They have motels mm-hmm. in Spearfish, but they do not have hotels. It's true. Uh, that many of them. Um, but you're in Sturgis. You're at the knuckle. People don't. I mean, if you're a motorcycle person, you know the knuckle, right? It's like classic Sturgis biker bar situation oh total biker bar. in fact i think they're gonna do bull um whatever they mechanical bull riding <laughs> this weekend or something but the brewery is fabulous yeah those guys are really well it's really well done um the brewery is on the side and it was something that they just started a few years ago but they do a great job um and they they are very uh they're they're busy yeah in classic uh, sturgis fashion you, you have to have a merchandise store full of full of leather goods and uh uh like bikini tops and uh halters you know but it's fun yeah i would never have gone there in a million years uh except oh to the to the the knuckle yeah but i thought you liked it It i did they have great food they have great beer they have great service um they they got it going on you guys have yeah sturgis i'm sitting here in the middle you know of sturgis going what happened to this poor town Mm -hmm. because it's it's definitely not cool, but um, and I would be so sad if I lived here year round. Why is um, that? But the, but I I like I said I wouldn't have gone there if you wouldn't have brought me there. I wouldn't even go to Sturgis, but I don't even. I know they have that I cool winery. Wouldn't either. It's well, they have the winery. They have Belgian Winery, which we've talked about before, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But the rest uh, of the town, not so much. The rest of the town, not so much. I'm looking at the Harley Davidson uh, stage right now, and they've got. I can't believe that they allow. They have all these dried up Valentine Day flowers, like plastic flowers. Also, <laughs> it's pretty hideous. That's pretty um, sad, actually. Valentine's Day, crusted up Valentine's Day flowers on St. Patrick's Day is sad. It is sad. It is. It is. It is what it is. But yeah, it's. Um, you know, it's been great. I was up in Deadwood and Lead, and the snow up there is still packed. Spearfish Canyon was gorgeous. The the creek is flowing. It's just beautiful. Some guy was walking up Spearfish Canyon barefoot. <laughs> I thought he was walking kind of slow, and then I noticed he didn't have any shoes on. <laughs> um, and, I, and I thought, you know, if you're going to walk barefoot, mm-hmm. it, you, you better be good at it. Yeah. And so, well, um, clearly he's a going a long ways if he's walking up Spearfish Canyon. Yeah, and and he's an amateur for sure. You think so? I don't know. I pretty much because uh, first of all, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of rock and gravel. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't there do were it. bicyclists you would have loved that there were a lot of road bikers going up the, the canyon today mm-hmm. you, wow uh, man i'm envious now yep i should come well, i hope in. you guys enjoy your snow tomorrow yeah, that'll thank be you. fun no it's just a yeah. dust it's just a little just a little pit 
<laughs> it's going. It's done. It's over. By St. Patrick's Day, by next Saturday, a week from t- tomorrow, clean. It's going to be a beautiful St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day, yeah, you're going to have, um, that'll be nice, right? Nice weather. Oh, That's a yeah. week away. It always is. It's always beautiful. Every time. It is. And it is a good time downtown Sioux Falls. I remember it being really fun. Yeah, so you're not coming is what you're saying. Um, well, I doubt it. <laughs> I, got this, I got this sprinkler thing going on. <laughs> hey, did you go to, my other favorite place in Spearfish, though, is Crow, the Crow Peak Brewery. Did you go over there when you were in Spearfish? You know, I didn't go to the Crow Peak um, because I, you know, I, I love and adore, and those, they're great guys. They don't open until a little bit later, but uh. um, I like the early bird kind of specials. But I did <laughs> go to the Doe the, the Do Trader Pizza uh, uh, place. Have you been there? No. I've been to the stadium, but I haven't been to the Doe Trader. Where's no, that? No, the stadium's awful. But a <laughs> Doe Trader does, um, they have a 30-year-old sourdough starter that they use um, for their dough, and it's for their pizza. And it's like that New York style where you have to fold it over. That's mm. um, not a lot of cheese, like goopy, mm. you know, because pizza doesn't really need a lot of cheese. And mm. it's just wonderful. And so I sat at the park and, and had a huge pizza with uh, my dogs. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so it was fun. Well, uh, thanks for the tour, by the way. Yeah. The, you know, we're living <laughs> vicariously awesome. through you on this beautiful day. Yes. And uh, well, Don't I, forget, we're signed up for that beer pong thing. Yeah, it. I'll get on that. I'll get out there it soon as I can. It cost me $3, so you better get out here. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Buffalo Maiden, thanks a lot for the update, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Thea Miller-Ryan and Emma Kaiser from the Outdoor Campus and GF&P will be here. We're going to talk about aquatic invasive species. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. The church is started right on time, just like it does without a doubt. And everything is all just fine, so it came time to let us out preach 348 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO, and Lyle Lovett and his big band with Church brings us into the Church of the Outdoors. See how I did that? That was good. With, <laughs> with uh, For our guests, uh, Thea Miller-Ryan, of the Executive Director of the Outdoor Campus, and Emmett Kaiser with uh, Game Fish and Parks. We're here. We're here to see Listen to a little Lyle Lovett as they are most Fridays. Oh, I love that song. Anyway, uh, you guys have been out. Uh, the reason you're here today, sports shows this weekend. Sports shows in town, annual uh, big uh, festivities, and a good opportunity for us to be out uh, interacting and talking to the sportsmen. And uh, the place will be covered with fishers and boaters and hunters. Anglers and, and campers. Oh, yeah. It's everything, isn't it? The, almost everything there is something that you guys are involved with, we, right? We, there's nothing there I wouldn't want to take home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you have a booth out there, right? People can come by and, and say, uh, uh, you know, howdy. We, we do. And uh, actually, we share a booth with our Parks Division staff. Uh, we've got wildlife staff out there and, and uh, staff from our Parks Division as well. So uh, we're representing... Uh, the spectrum of activities for game fishing parks. That's awesome. So I can come out there and find out where the fish are biting and that kind of thing, or what do I, what do, I do at your you booth? You can. You can, and, uh, you know, we've got lots of information to hand out. Uh, we've got a few prizes and, and uh, just some good information to share and uh, give, you know, we get a lot of good updates uh, for folks, you know, on regulations and some of the new things that are happening. Uh, our focus this year, we're really trying to create uh, some additional awareness with uh, aquatic invasive species or AIS. A who's a how? A how? What a how? Uh, aquatic invasive species, which are what? Any any critter that's not native to the state that uh, can cause uh, ecological harm. Um, of course, uh, aquatic invasive species can be fish, they can be plants, uh, it could even be the, uh, any other kind of critter that lives in the water, but um, talking about milfoil here, milfoil, yes, milfoil, right, exactly. zebra mussels, zebra mussels. Okay, mm-hmm. we got to talk about zebra mussels. They they're here now, right? They are. They're in uh, Lewis and Clark Lake, and and also down on McCook Lake, and and uh, the uh, lower part of the Missouri River below Gavin's Point Dam. So we have them in those three locations, and uh, we really want to do our best to not transport them to other locations. And very quickly, if you aren't familiar with zebra mussels. They're just a pain in the hinder, right? They are. They're a very small mussel, uh, of course, not native to uh, to uh, North America, basically came over in ships mm-hmm. that uh, came into the Great Lakes. And, and uh, the, uh, the 
interesting thing about zebra mussels is they're the young zebra mussels actually live in the water column. They're called bellagers. They're almost microscopic and very difficult to see. So one of the challenges we have at certain times of the year is when those villagers are living out in a lake where they've invaded, uh, they can be easily transported with just a minute amount of water. And so we've asked people to uh, pull their plugs. Uh, we've created regulations mm -hmm. around uh, transportation of water. Uh, same thing holds with your uh, uh, bait buckets and so forth. Um, Anything that you have water that you're taking back and forth, uh, but it, when you talk about the plugs, you mean in the boats, Plugs right? in the boat, right. We, um, you know, most, most folks, uh, you know, kind of get used to, uh, draining the, uh, pulling the plug out of their boat at the end of the day and of course let the water drain out of it. A lot of the bigger boats these days, you really don't have to pull a plug purposely because they just don't get wet. Um, but, um, there always is the opportunity for water to be in that, uh, we call it the bilge. Um, down on the bottom of the boat and, and uh, if you don't pull that plug and, and drain that water allow the opportunity to dry those uh, villagers can actually live in that water for several days uh, if it's not dried and then you go to the next lake um, and uh, and you bring the little critters with you right and uh, so that's what we're trying to, to uh, prevent and, and uh, of course we've got lots of uh, tools out there um, you know brochures and and uh, we uh, are enforcing regulations at our boat ramps um, we do have regulations that require that you do pull your plug upon uh, leaving a uh, infested water like Lewis and Clark or any other body of water for that matter but um, we're very active on, on Lewis and Clark for example and, and I really want to create that awareness down there not only for our anglers but for recreational boaters as well yeah it's a very busy place right uh, it's got to be one of the the highest traffic boating areas in the state it is and uh, it's a it's a real destination for recreational boaters our biggest concern of course uh, on Lewis and Clark Lake is that the dams are natural barriers they create natural barriers to the uh, movement of those uh, aquatic invasive species and uh, so we would really not want to see uh, people boat you know in uh, Lewis and Clark in the morning leave the plug in their mm -hmm. boat and then go above uh, the dam there at uh, at Pickstown and boat on Lake Francis Case and have the opportunity to to uh, deposit those uh, zebra mussel villagers into that water. It would seem to me uh, Emmett Kaiser with the Game Fishing Parks Department that uh, it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to make their way up the river it is and that's what the challenge is and and uh you know even uh even though we know that the, the likelihood of totally preventing uh movement is there um you know i think it certainly behooves us to do our best to try and and to prevent that from happening the longer we can go though however without moving those uh villagers the more likely it is that uh, we may discover some other maybe a natural mechanism that uh, would prevent, uh, you know, the kinds of explosive growth in the zebra mussels that you we've mean seen like, in other waters. You mean like Asian bu uh, beetles to fight uh, soybean exactly, aphids? Exactly. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> now we got now we got Asian beetles everywhere. Things. Yep. Uh, just very quickly, uh, can you give us an update on uh, the Asian carp problem? Another uh, another aquatic invasive species. Uh, you know, all those uh, species of Asian carp. Uh, we've got. Uh, silver carp, big head carp, uh, and so forth, and, and the lower part of uh, the Missouri and, and lower part of the Big Sioux River here. But um, Asian carp, uh, most people have seen the pictures of uh, boaters that drive through the, the water, and, and uh, they'll see uh, those Asian carp jumping up uh, out yeah, of the water, and they awful. can real, be a real hazard. Don't transport water, people. That's the message today, right? That's the message, Patrick. Thank you. Emmett Kaiser and, uh, from the Game Fishing Parks Department and Thea Miller-Ryan, who didn't really get to say anything. We didn't I'm even here. talk about stuff I'm we could eat. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thea Miller-Ryan, Outdoor Campus. And guys, we'll uh, look forward to coming back next week. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, Patrick. Coming up after the break, after the news with Dan Peters, we're going to talk with Phil Schreck from KSFY Weather and then the JAS Quintet. We're going to get into some jazz, people. Jazz, baby. That's coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service. Hey everybody, this is Patrick Lally Show. Don't forget, tonight at the Orpheum, Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society presents Sean Taylor, Joanne Sean Taylor, Shaw Taylor, Joanne Shaw Taylor. She's a great UK blues player. You're going to want to get down and see that. 8 p.m. at the Orpheum downtown. Coming up after the break, Phil Shrek with the weather. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
Hour 13 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Some uncharacteristic jazz for us here on the program because we have in the studio the composers of said, well, the, the, the performers of said piece. This is uh, Tactical Diss by the JAS Quintet. And we have in studio with us Andrew Reinertz and Joel Shotwell. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having Thank us. Thank you. We're just going to kind of let this play in the background. This is perfect. This is how we should do all the interviews with just a little <laughs> bit of JAS <laughs> Quintet in the background. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting to have you guys on for a while because I keep seeing you playing in, in different points. And uh, um, I actually uh, saw uh, uh, Andrew. I noticed you were involved with the Rich Show project that yeah. I was that I was fanboying over for about a month. Yeah, that, <laughs> so was, that was a great. And, and Joel actually got to play at the live gig as well and mm-hmm. do some of the recording on that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, uh, first of all, what's it like to be in jazz in Sioux Falls these days? Either one of you can just take that. Well, it's, it's fun because there's not a whole lot of it going on, so we get to kind of pick what, what we're going to do and what the scene's going to be like because there's just not a lot of people doing it. So, um the hard part is, I guess, finding 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 gigs for us to do what we do, uh, besides just a private party or something like that, where we want to be a little bit more tame, I guess, where mm-hmm. we might not play the music that we're listening to now, or or we might play more standard music. So, um, just finding places that allow us to do that—that's that's the tough part. But we do have a few places that do that, so uh, it's it's pretty good. You know, we keep busy with this, and a, a lot, like you said, with Rich Show's project. Uh, what's nice is is as long as we're in the forefront, people call us to help them with other things too. So, and jazz kind of lends itself to that. So. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about collaborations in a minute because you've got a couple of uh, you've got a record that you've done with Jamie Lynn, who is the is a uh, uh, she do, do it, she's branching out into jazz, but I always thought of her as more of a folk musician or a singer songwriter yeah, kind yep. of thing. And but you've you've worked with her recently on a new record called Sparse. Yeah, and so that's uh, pretty cool. That was a, that was a really great project. I, ironically, um, I originally met Jamie in a jazz setting. Um, Joel Shotwell had met her down at USD when they mm-hmm. were both in Vermilion, and she uh, uh, she came up to Touch of Europe in Sioux Falls and sat in and, and a couple of times with us and sang jazz and started to become friends. And then I played on her last um, uh, folk record. Actually, I played on one one or two tunes on her duo record with Dylan James as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but then played on her last record, Fall is a Good Time to Die. And we'd been talking for years about getting this jazz record taken care of. You know, it, it's probably five years ago. I think I, I saw the first email where we were talking about it and uh so it's been great for her to have that opportunity to really branch out and fill that other kind of joint musical passion that she has yeah this song uh as we talked about or it's jazz we this piece this chart yeah no. <laughs> uh <laughs> tactical disc uh playing in the background here let's just listen to it for a second mm-hmm Tell us about that. I mean, we're just tell me what you think of this song. What's it supposed to? What's it represent for you? Well, I'm I'm going to start because Joel wrote it. Oh, okay. And I want I want to start just a little bit so that he doesn't have to. But then I'd be really curious his take. But um, actually, this was kind of the tune that I think really got this recording project started. Um, the, the this CD was um, or this album. Um, was kind of the culmination all of us had played together a lot but then when the right people moved back to town and this version of the quintet with these five people got together we started to write original music and some original arrangements and this album was all either original compositions or uh, just two arrangements of other tunes Um, but otherwise it was mostly all original jazz and and this was one of the tunes that Joel brought to us that really stuck and that we were able to find a um, kind of a group voice on mm-hmm. I think and so I think that's what really kind of spurred this whole project and, and made us realize man this is this is fun to do our our tunes and to find our voice you and, know and this is on uh, Leap Your Baby right yep correct and, and that record came out just a, almost exactly a year ago mm-hmm. now awesome how's that going for you how's the record doing good I mean we're not like making money <laughs> that's yeah. not the point <laughs> no, no. no but like it's going I mean I, it was definitely a great thing um, it's like the first jazz album I've been a part of. We recorded a lot of live things we've done, 
uh, which is cool. But this is like a really new experience for, I think, most of us. We've all recorded things before for different things, but this this process was, was pretty new, and, and it, you know, that was awesome, and we love having it. It's, it's definitely like a, a great tool for getting people to know what we do. And also, I think just, I don't know, maybe as just pure marketing, it's good for our band yeah. to just... Well, you can say, yeah, what do you guys sound like? Well, here you go, right? Uh, We're talking with uh, Andrew Reinertz and Joel Shotwell. They're with the JAS Quintet. Um, First of all, how did you, you you said you've been playing together. How did you guys get together? There's five. It's a quintet. It's a true quintet. It's not like the Ben Folds five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, we, boy, let's see here. Over the years, so it's it's Jim Spears on trumpet, and he and I met each other uh, back at Touch of Europe days. Um, I was filling in with a, with a previous band. He was in Standard Time um, and got to know him down there. Um, Joel Shotwell and I met probably kind of the same way a few mm-hmm. years later when Joel moved back to, to, to South Dakota and was, was going to Vermilion after being in Minneapolis and Kansas City. Um, and then there was some, some good camping trips that I think cemented our friendship as well <laughs> as the musical experiences. Oh, yeah. um, and then uh, Jeff Paul, he and I are actually um, uh, colleagues in the South Dakota Symphony. I oh, play okay. bass in the South Dakota Symphony, and Jeff is one of those guys that shouldn't uh, – I don't know. He needs to spread the talent around. He's the principal oboist in the symphony. Oh, also wow. probably one of the best uh, sax players in the state, and then also a fine pianist. And uh, he plays keys with you. Yep, guys, right? yep. So he plays piano mm-hmm. with us. And so you're on the bass, Joel. Yep. Uh, you're the sax player in mm-hmm. this group. Uh, you mentioned Jim Spears on trumpet. Yep. Uh, Daniel and I. I want to say his name. Hire. Yep, yep. Exactly. Daniel right. Hire is on nice. drums. Yep. And uh, that's that's the uh, quintet. Yep. And and Dan had been in Nashville for a couple of years and moved back to town. And uh, we were we were really excited for him to move back. I, I, he we were joking and this was true. He moved back, threw a couple of bags into his new house, grabbed his drum set and came and played a gig with us. <laughs> we heard he was coming back and we needed a drummer. So we're like, Hey, what are you doing the night you get back? <laughs> How did you, I mean, you guys are, uh, are you South Dakota natives? Where did you come from? Yeah. Uh, both natives. Both grew up in Sioux Falls. Oh, yep. wow. Uh, where'd you go to school? I went to Lincoln High School. Yep, I was an O'Gorman kid. Yeah, well, I went to O'Gorman, but long, yep. long before. <laughs> uh, so uh, how did you come to find jazz? Why are you mm. jazz musicians today? Hmm. I suppose, uh, you know, someone, when I was like in eighth or ninth grade, introduced me to jazz, well, jazz band. And I remember middle school, like participating in summer band, and I was able to be in the jazz band. The high school jazz band because my sister was in it and I couldn't just sit around and do nothing and I, no one could come get me so I just played <laughs> along. So that was part of it. And then I remember seeing like the Maynard Ferguson band and that really kind yeah. of perked my interest in high school. Um, and I was always into music, you know, like that was my life. I played like guitar and mm-hmm. bass and different rock and punk bands and stuff growing up. But, you know, the saxophone was always like the thing I was best at, I guess. And, and it was always my, like really my voice. Mm-hmm. So... It was easy. In jazz, I, I love all jazz, but what I love most about it is it kind of, it's everything. You know, I can do anything with it. You can, like, put an electric guitar in there and really rock out, and it can still be jazz, and I can still play my saxophone. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that way. You know, it always strikes me, though, that it uh, when you play jazz, uh, if you're going to do you better be at least a sort of minimum uh, competence. Or sure. You, or you seem like you're some sort of uh, just uh, pretender. You know what I mean? Mm, Real, yeah. Because you can't just walk in and say, I'm going to play jazz. I mean, mm-hmm. you, not to take anything away from the great punk bands that I've known in my oh, life, yeah. but you can be a pretty crappy musician. And that's something that's beautiful about the music. Same yes. thing, you know, I play yeah. a lot of garage bands. And, and But yeah, I think some of it is whenever it's an improvised music, at the very least, you need a certain amount of technical proficiency with your instrument to be able to to say what you want to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To to really be able to to treat it as an extension of your voice. And so I think that's where a big part of that comes in. Because not only do you need to know the the style, which which when it's not on the radio all the time, you're not necessarily steeped in the the language and mm-hmm. the conversation of it. Mm-hmm. But when you're you know you need to be able to say some sentences and some phrases and do some things that if you don't just kind of know your instrument to a certain extent. It, it's hard to do. Yeah. So, Andrew, you're in the symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, did you grow up playing classical? And then, or what's your background here? Yeah, I, I'm kind of one of the, the weird ones where I was, you know, I was playing in, in punk and hardcore bands on a Friday night and then youth orchestra in the South Dakota Symphony on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And um, just always loved music. And I think 
I was drawn to the bass in part because pretty much everyone needs a bass player. Yeah. You know? Well, I was a tuba player. That's oh, the yeah. Same oh, thing. nice. Yeah, in, you're in, the, you're in, in the high youth. demand then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in the youth symphony, and I was talking yeah. about it. We oh, had cool. the, uh, the South Dakota Business Leaders Have Talent fundraiser yeah. yep. for the youth symphony yep. last night, and I was telling mm-hmm. that story. Yeah. When you end up as the bass player or the tuba player in the symphony or any type of – you when you mess up, you mess up. Big. Oh yeah, and everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> they know. That's yeah. right. Everybody knows. So you came up sort of classically trained. Yeah, classically trained, and then also writing music. And 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 honestly, I always played in jazz band and 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 liked it. But for whatever reason, it wasn't for me. I was kind of a latecomer to it. It was probably late college that I first played in a in a in a combo in a small jazz group, and that's where it really it really hit me because the the conversation and the live dialogue and sort of live composition of improvising is what really hooked me and kind of the same thing as Joel where it, so much of jazz can incorporate so many other styles and um, um, to be able to be inspired to to be able to kind of live compose all the time um, and kind of you know for get some of the classical training to a certain extent. I mean, some of the first times you play jazz as a bass player, mm-hmm. you're used to playing classical where these are the notes. Yes. This is how you do it. You need musical intention behind it. But, yep. you know, and then all of a sudden someone just throws a chord chart and all it is is a, is a listing of a few chords and you yep. just have to make it up as you go. It's, it's See, terrifying I can't, at first. I can't imagine that. I, I, I can... I can barely memorize music for marching band, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the the, pros, the prospect of, of jazz, and it just confounds me. Mm. And I, I still, it's like black magic to me. <laughs> sure. I think it is for a lot of people. You know, one thing with the goal with the JAS, I think, I mean, for me anyway, personally, is is when, when we do JAS as a band, we want to, like, bring people in that aren't normally into jazz. We want to take the pretentious out of it. You know, we want to take the, like, kind of like, uh, oh, this is something that only these statesmen can do. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, we try to, like, mm-hmm. bring in things that everyone can relate to. So um, that's, you, I get it. I get that. You know, it's, like, we, we hear that a lot. I like to listen to it. Yeah. I, you know, I just was never a competent enough musician to even think about playing it. Sure. You know, like, I was a... You know, I'm a I'm a notes on the chart person, and even mm. then it's hard. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm in awe of your of your talent to be able to do that improvisation. Sure, and it's really amazing. And this is a this is a really sweet record you guys have. Thank it's you, J A S Quintets, Leap Your Baby. It's on Different Folk Records, and uh, which you can find at all. You can probably find it at all your major uh, outlets around town. Oh, You're, Best yep. Buy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yep. what we're talking about is a. Uh, 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 What's the record store downtown? Uh, Different folk. Diff- right. no. no, I'm sorry. Uh, Total Drag. Total Drag. Total drag. Yeah. And uh, Crosstown Vinyl, places like that. You could probably find it. You know, actually, we don't have them there. We have them at Coffea downtown. Okay, Coffea. There you <laughs> or go. Or you can get them on differentfolkrecords.com. Or JAS. Or JAS.com. Or call me. Stock his front door. His address is. No. Well, we're going to listen to just a little bit more of Tactical Dis as we go out. And we're going to come right back here in a few moments and talk more with Andrew Reinerts and Joel Shotwell of the JAS Quintet. And uh, this is a cut off their latest record, Leap Your Baby. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOR. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. We're listening to JAS Quintet with Jamie Lynn. And you talked a little bit about this. Uh, we're here with Andrew Reinerts and Joel Shotwell of the JAS Quintet. Uh, you talked a little bit about this collaboration with Amy, or Amy, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lynn. Uh, this is a, 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 a departure for her. How much of a departure for you guys was? It? I mean, where'd the music come from, first of all? Yeah, so it was it was a it was a variety of tunes. Um, uh, it was a couple of arrangements that Jamie did herself. Of uh, uh, there was a, a, a Billy Holiday tune and, and some other arrangements, and then um, it was a, a few arrangements I had done for her. Um, one was a Gillian Welsh tune, which was kind of the 
maybe the crossover point for the album. So, you know, Gillian Welsh is a great folk artist. Mm-hmm. And um, and so this was a tune called I Dream a Highway that I originally did just for a jazz quintet without s- vocals. But then when she kind of started singing with us every so often, I thought, man, she needs to sing on this one. And we, we worked out the arrangement with her. And uh, that kind of became the crossover. I mean, it's definitely a jazz feel and a jazz piece, but it's kind of that Americana source. So that was kind of the, the, the crossover point for it. Is that is that this song, Traveling? Uh, no, that was a different one called I Dream a Highway. Um, okay. This was a tune we did, so we just did a project with the jazz curators of all um, Billie Holiday music and mm-hmm. had Jamie join us. And this was a, an arrangement that she found, um, I can't remember the name of the album, Remixed and remember. Reimagined. Yeah, Remixed and Reimagined. And it, well, there, was a, there was some cool record that came out about a decade ago of all like kind of um, hip-hoppy and sort of techno-y remixes of Billie Holiday tunes and uh, she lifted a, a, a chunk of that arrangement and did some tweaks to it um, and so this was actually originally about Billie Holiday tune but kind of recast wow wow so let, we should probably talk about jazz curators here while we're yeah while you touched on it uh, yeah this is a crazy project not crazy it's a wild project <laughs> where you guys basically just pick an artist a jazz artist uh, you know sort of a legend mm-hmm. and then go back do you reinterpret I mean, tell us about that project yeah, we do a little reinterpreting, but we also do try to uh, do their music as as much like they did as we can. With you know, obviously the improv improvisational part of it is is our own, but uh, um, so we do a little bit of both. So like Billie Holiday, we did some arrangements that were really standard or just like she would do them, and then we did some that were totally like we would do them or something that we heard that was more modern. Um, and part of the process too is to teach. Uh, people about these artists too so we kind of talk about their lives and how important they were or what what they did and what made them significant too besides their music it helps us learn a lot you know like every time we do one it's like i just get better because i'm learning about how to play in that situation so well, tell, uh, you did about Billie Holiday. Who mm-hmm. else? Who else? So the the, the very first one we did was was early Miles Davis because you, you can't do Miles Davis or it's going to take about four days worth of concerts. <laughs> yeah. concerts. But uh, we did early Miles, kind of from from formation to Bitches Brew, and then um, the second one we did was Thelonious Monk, mm-hmm. and then we did um, what was the third one? Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington, where we had a little mini big band uh, and did music oh, of Duke Ellington, awesome. and then we did uh, we did the Billie Holiday show was our fourth one. Uh, are you going to keep doing it? Yeah, we definitely are. We're we're looking to do another one in the fall, and we're 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 still throwing around exactly which show we're going to do. There's a couple of ideas. Um, you know, one idea we've had is is continuing with specific artists, but uh, one fun potential idea, if not for the next show, is the year 1959 in jazz, because that was uh, Dave Brubrecht timeout, mm-hmm. kind of blue, giant steps, uh, Ornette Coleman, the shape of jazz to come, Mingus a hum. I mean, it was. Plus others. I mean, it was basically all of these classic records that if you were the first six records, you might say someone, hey, I'm getting into jazz. What should I check out? It mm-hmm. would probably be those One six of those records. Five. You know, yeah, five or six records. Exactly. Well, that'd know. be really fun. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can talk about historically what was going on in that year with, you know, the civil rights movements, with with kind of just the, the way America was growing and changing at the time. Yeah. Uh, I should say, uh, Joel, you brought a guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I brought yeah. my daughter, Riley. Riley. Is, is Riley a jazz fan as well? She loves all music. Do you? Riley? Who's your favorite? She won't talk. Daddy. <laughs> 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 there you I go. I love it. That's love perfect. It. I'll pay her later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you do the jazz curators are, are live shows, right? Yep. I mean, that's essentially mm-hmm. just yep. one one off live show. Yeah. So usually, you know, you either a one off or we'll do a we'll do a weekend mm-hmm. uh, in 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 Sioux Falls, and then we've been we've been lucky enough to bring it to uh, Rapid City, usually about a year later, and then now we're we're expanding out. We're actually going to be doing the Miles Smiles show in. Um, uh, Flandreau in the spring, which will be a lot of fun. And so it's the quintet, and then we have uh, Katrina uh, McKinney join us as mm-hmm. kind of the, the host, and so she's the one that kind of talks a little bit and mm-hmm. guides people through the history. And oh, that's awesome. Um, K- Katrina McKinney is the – she's involved with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, tried to, yeah, I was yeah. trying to connect her to Everything. something, but it's fine. We'll yeah, she's, yeah, you probably know her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, she's awesome. She is awesome. Um, so the uh, – uh, the the curators um, is just one of your collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, you but you guys will do anything, right? I mean, like he's talking about. <laughs> we talked about the Jamie Lynn, well, within reason. But you also have uh, uh, Jeremy Hag plays with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. 
you know, I know you're out there with him playing. Uh, uh, I saw a song called "I Love Paris." Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. He, and, yep. And how does the, how do all those collaborations? Are you seeking those out, or do they just come to you, or how's that work? Sometimes they come out of necessity. You know, like uh, if Jeff can't do something, Jeremy's definitely like. I mean, not that he's the second call guy by any <laughs> means, but Jeremy's like so busy and has his own stuff. But what's cool is that we have a great mutual respect for what we do and or what he does and what he's the same for us so it's great we we play a lot with his group and he plays with our group so it kind of happens out of necessity mostly you know um and what's nice is that when when jeremy plays or somebody else it's a whole nother bag of stuff we can do you know jeremy is a great arranger and a great writer so that uh, i love paris tune he arranged and it's just it's really great, you know, so it totally changes the color of our music. Yeah, and you can find a lot of this stuff, uh, as always, out on YouTube. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, there's some really uh, good videos that you did for the Jamie Lynn release out at the uh, Opera House yeah, in, in Spearfish. Yep. Uh, pretty cool show. How'd that come about? Is that just where you picked? Yeah, so Jamie's now uh, living in Spearfish, uh-huh. and uh, they started a, I think we were maybe even the first con concert on it they started a jazz series at yeah. the matthews opera house it's kind of outside of their normal series they do two to four concerts a year i think and uh and so it was great i mean it was a great experience um it's a it's a beautiful room to oh, play that's in, awesome um and great sounding room and so that was kind of the west river cd release show and then um finally finally uh, uh we're going to be doing the east river cd release show uh for sparse on april 27th here at icon lounge in sioux falls on a friday night and then going up to Watertown uh, the following night. Jamie is originally from Summit, uh, just outside of Summit, South Dakota. Oh man, and up so, on the up on the uh, uh, yeah. what is it that the Coto de Prairie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Bermuda Triangle yes. of getting stuck at that gas station. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Well, and this uh, this record sparse with Amy. Uh, Jamie Lynn. <laughs> it's a soft J. Yeah, exactly. Um, you guys just produced this yourself. Yep, together. Yep, yep. And so we we had been working for a long time and and, and produced it and uh, both. The, both Jamie's solo record, the JAS album, and then the Sparse record, as well as some other projects we've played on recently. Uh, another fantastic musician and filmmaker in town, Dalton Coffey. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the engineer and mixing engineer for those records. And so uh, we were lucky because his father-in-law is a, is a pastor at a church, and they have a really wonderful piano. And they graciously let us invade the space for a couple of nights. And so we could, uh, A, it was a large enough facility where we could all be playing live, because that's that's one different thing for for jazz you know the improvised music we're talking to each other the whole time you know musically and mm-hmm. whereas you know the rich show record was fantastic but that was one where the tracks were down and then the horns came in and mm-hmm. added their parts and um so it was, it was great to be able to do that all live and together at the same time even mm-hmm. jamie even tracked her vocals live with us we didn't do any vocal overdubs we just cool. went live with mm-hmm. it right on uh we're talking with andrew reinertz and, and joel shotwell of the jas quintetta we're going to listen to Just a little bit more of that uh, traveling by Jamie Lynn with the JAS Quintet as we go out. And we're going to come right back and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, where you can see these guys and what's going on out there in our fine city. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and this is the JAS Quintet. May the Deuce. May the Deuce. We're gonna find out what that means in just a minute, but uh, I'll let you listen to it for just a second. Bring that down. We we'll leave leave that play a little bit in the background as we talk with Andrew Reinertz and Joel Shotwell, who are with, of course, the JAS Quintet. Uh, May the Deuce. <laughs> Those are just three words you put together, right? Yes, that's exactly right. There's no significance <laughs> whatsoever to anything inappropriate or appropriate, as, long, as far as you know. <laughs> this is, of course, it's, I think it's it's like a combination of like the date. And may the force. <laughs> I, I see. So this is a, a Joel Shotwell uh, composition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
tell, tell me about it. What's what's it when you hear it? What do you hear? This one I just think was was just kind of fun. You know, like this one came out of uh, just a, all my songs kind of come out of like practice sessions or, or some form of like a day of playing and just like letting whatever out, you know. So like and then sometimes songs come out of that and sometimes nothing. But this was one where I guess I was kind of playful, you know, and wanting to do something a little funkier. So it's hard for me to just write something with any sort of like purpose in purpose or yeah. intention yeah it usually just happens in some sort of state of mind that i know that sounds like really <laughs> sounds like sounds like jazz baby. yeah, jazz. yeah. yeah. Jazz. It, it does just kind of come out usually if it works you know so yeah. mm-hmm. so this is on leap your baby which is available uh around it's a different folk record so yep. you can find it on different folk records label yep you website. can find it at different folks uh, website you can find it at jasquintet.com mm-hmm. and it's also available digitally at pretty much every source you would want to go yep. to yeah all the digital all the stores major ones. Yep. it's mm-hmm. awesome uh, and you recorded this last year. Where did you record it? So this was recorded, yeah, at a, at a church here in Sioux Falls. Uh, oh, this with, was yeah, this okay, was one. Cool. Yep, with with Dalton Coffee's uh, father-in-law. They were very kind to let us let us. Uh, um, I don't know, dirty jazz people into the <laughs> into the sanctuary to record yeah. and oh, there and use right their piano and um, but yeah, it was, so it was great. So we got to uh, you know it was a great experience. Joel uh, got a campsite. It's kind of out on the edge of town, and so Joel took his RV out to the Big Sioux Recreation Area. So we were basically able to uh, to go record and then just go sit out by a campfire and hang out and kind of have a nice. It was like getting to go away and going to a studio for yeah. a creative excursion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so. That's the record. Uh, you guys play live mostly. Yeah. Where can I come and watch you and and experience the JAS Quintet? Mm-hmm. So we have a we have a few different things coming up. Uh, just Joel and I will be joining uh, different folk records, different stroke show on March twenty fourth. That's going to be a great show. We're collaborating. We're playing uh, as a duo, but then we're collaborating with Union Grove Pickers, Soul Crate, and uh, Burlap Wolf King on that show. So we're going to kind of play in between each band and and kind of do some stuff with them. And will do there some be kind of a, like a traveling Wilbury sort of big rollout at the end? There is going to be. We, 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 talk we, of it. we yeah. aren't doing We Are the World, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, but there is going to be a, a, a vibe like that. Um, and then uh, there's a couple other. On March 31st, we're actually going to be playing twice. Joel, Dan, and I, so drum, saxophone, and bass, we're going to be playing at the Covers for a Cause, uh, which is supporting this uh, downtown skate park that mm-hmm. they're looking to build. Which and is awesome, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a really cool thing. And uh, we're actually, you know, we were told, hey, pick Coltrane, pick whatever you want, and we wanted to go a little different. So actually the three of us are going to do all Led Zeppelin tunes. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to we're gonna try to surprise people with that. Um, That'll be awesome. And mm-hmm. that may be the only time I like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, cats I, out of the bag. All right. Oh, that's, that's there fine. it is. Yeah. Everybody, everybody I know knows I hate Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and then later that night we'll be playing at uh, uh, Fernson uh, on 8th uh, downtown. They're going to be doing a little kind of mini day of jazz. Um, and then uh, the big show with the full quintet and Jamie Lynn. Um, and then Darren Kaihai will be opening, and we'll probably be playing a little bit with him. Mm-hmm. will be Friday, April 27th, and that's going to be the Sparse CD release show in Sioux Falls. That's cool. And where's that? That's one's at the Icon Lounge. Oh, that'll be awesome. Provided, of course, there's live music there. Exactly. Can you keep, keep it below? Fi- can you keep it below 55 decibels? <laughs> we probably could. <laughs> we, yeah, we probably could. We, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. yeah. That'd be cool. We'll, we'll make sure. Yeah, we'll throw a mute in the trumpet the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good. Um, so those are. That's a lot of dates. I could probably find those dates at your website. Yep, you can find all that at jasquintet.com or mm-hmm. on our uh, Facebook page. You can just search for JAS Quintet. Uh, so tell me, uh, th- that's a fair number of live dates. What do you make of? I, I hate to use this word, but the scene, man. Well, how's the scene out there in Sioux Falls for live music in general, not just you guys? Mm-hmm. I do wish there was a, a like a, a smaller venue with a stage, you know, like or I'm trying to think of the size even, you know, that is dedicated to music that has like sound, mm-hmm. you know, there's a big venue, like Rikon is nice, it's big, and it, they're dedicating themselves to music, but just something in that middle range, I don't know. Basically, yeah, I, I'm pining for a music club. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yep. But that being said, you know, there's there's some good things on. You know, Icon is is a is a very 
good and usable space, uh, multi-purpose space. Mm-hmm. You know what what Dan and Liz are doing with Total Drag is is yep. unbelievable for for that that style and, and size of show. I mean, it's been so great to see so many kids starting bands again yep. in large part because they have a place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the yeah, great touring awesome. acts they get through. And then there are larger venues, but it'd be really nice to 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 have a club or yep. you know. And and some of it too is for on the purely jazz side. We miss touch Europe. You know, we miss having a home where you know you can just. And maybe that's it, whether it's jazz or live music in general, just knowing, um, you know, a friend comes to town or someone asks you, hey, what's going on tonight? You can just say, doesn't matter, just go there. Something's going to be happening. And if you don't like that, someone there is going to know where other things are. Yeah, you know? a, a, Kind of a base of operations. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, maybe if you could get 200 people in there, that would be awesome. But yep. Yep. yeah, uh, and we don't have that. And we yep. have on and off, yep. but we're mm-hmm. sort of in a drought. But I feel like there's something... Somebody might do that. Well, and I feel like there's, from the artistic perspective, I feel like there's this huge critical mass right now of people, you know, from of all ages, from young bands all the way through to, you know, all the, you know, like Rich Show continuing to do projects. And there's just so much great momentum on the artistic front that I think that something's going to have to pop up to provide an opportunity for, for them to, mm-hmm. to perform and, and keep growing. Andrew Reinertz and Joel Shotwell, they're with the JS Quintet. This is uh, May the Deuce off their record. Leap Your Baby, which is available on their website and digital platforms everywhere. Gentlemen, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, very thank much. You. This was really great to get to talk with you. Yeah. And uh, we'll be right back finish up today's The Week of the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. That's Radio Clash. That means it's the end of the show. It's the happy hour edition, so it means it's the end of the week. Oh my! Everybody have a great week. We'll be back on Monday with Mayoral Candidate Jim Eneman, Teddy Mueller from the South Dakota Corn. We'll be here to talk about a food drive for with the Sky Force and the Common Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO.